Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at Powerslam.tv. The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. show dedicated to AEW and all things elite on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. I want to welcome everyone to episode 10 of All Things Elite. I am your host, Floyd Johnson, and with me again this week is my silky-voiced podcast partner, the one that brought me into this thing. It is, again, it's Dave Brown. How you doing, Dave? I am doing well, but I only want to welcome some of the people. I don't want to welcome all of the people. Oh. Just some of them. See, see, that's the whole thing. Uh, you know, when you're when you're on the show and and you're about the elite, you know, it's for everyone. So, including dicks. Even 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 yeah. people are not good. See, that that's the people I want to leave out. No <laughs> assholes. Yeah, sorry, you know. Oh man, gotta let in the dicks too. Is for everyone. Everyone, okay. I guess that's okay. Uh, Welcome for this is our March 30th episode of All Things Elite. We are recording March 29th at 10:13 a.m. So again, anything that happens between today and Saturday, we didn't talk about because it hasn't happened yet. So. If I but could. I want to talk about the stuff that's going to happen tomorrow at 2 in the afternoon, because mm-hmm. I, I got some dope insight on that, and I think we should talk about that. Well, next week, next week, unfortunately, well, no, excuse me, it's never unfortunate. Next week, fortunately, I will be at this time in New York, so next week we're going to kind of shoot our earlier episode to be released on Saturday, so it's going to like not have all the information, I don't know gonna be weird and i'm gonna try to cover as much as i can but mostly it's gonna be me talking about what i'm gonna do wrestlemania weekend just because you know you know well and you know i will say the the elite have done something really smart in in their staying away from wrestlemania weekend i think i think is a really good thing because one they just didn't really have time to put anything together but two being saying hey this is wwe's weekend you guys have fun. We'll do our thing later. So I, I think that's kind of smart uh, to do. So by by me saying that, I think next week is probably going to be a light news week. 
Not that many weeks haven't been light news weeks as far as the elite's concerned, as it's uh, just haven't been a whole ton of major announcements. Been a little, you know, tidbits dropped here and there and whatnot. Uh, so, yeah, it's just like yeah, it's like when you're not uh, when you're you're not you know doing shows. There's not a lot to talk about. I mean, literally, we cover. Uh, BTE, and we cover Road to Double or Nothing, but if those shows aren't especially packed, we don't have a lot to talk about. It's literally me going on and Twitter and pulling information, like, if they say something interesting in tweets. This week, Kenny Omega had a documentary in Canada uh, that he released, so I watched that. It's just like, it's like data mining the information. It does make you know, episodes of shows that cover uh, B- uh, AEW and everything a little different because you don't know what information the people have data mined. You know, uh, every week I, I, you know, I have no problem putting another show over. I listen to a show called Everything Elite, and you know, I want to be different than them, so I listen to them and they cover certain things and I cover certain things, and I do my best not to. If they were, if they're covering something that I wasn't gonna cover, I do my best not to really like cover it like on our show, like it's my idea. I'm like, oh, good idea, because I do want our shows, even though we are both covering AEW, I'd like them to be unique. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely, and it's and they are different. I was listening this morning in the gym to to the uh, everything elite or everything AEW and. Uh, yeah, did I finish the episode? I can't even remember. But it was it, sometimes it, it sometimes I'm like guys because because when they were doing the Everything Evolves podcast, they were only doing them you know right before and right after an Evolve weekend, so it wasn't a weekly thing. And I'm I'm kind of impressed with the way both you and they have been able to try to pull a weekly show out of something that doesn't have that much content created at this point. So, oh, uh, so yeah, my hat's off to you guys. I, I don't know how you do it, but well, you know me, I can talk about anything. We were talking about uh, that at my shoot job yesterday. I was like, you, we could say, "Hey, I'm going to get some water," and we'd have start a two hour conversation from that about this one time I was really thirsty. So, you know, you give me a mic and give me a topic. Let's go. Even if I don't know anything about it, but as far as AEW, uh, it, this does come from for me. It comes from a passion uh, for the uh, the guys and everything that they're doing, and definitely, uh, hopefully, a product that can eventually be competition for the WWE one day. I know they don't look at it as competition; they look at it as alternative. Don't get me wrong, but it's just you know you want it to be on that same level. I mean, the best time of my wrestling life was the, or my re- best time of my wrestling life, how I grew up. There was WWF, and then there was NWA Crockett, you know, WCW, which eventually became WCW. It was all, you always had an alternative. And that's, you know, as long as we can, if we can get back to that, that's great. Because I watched both shows, and I watched them both religiously, but 
it was just like you liked having the different content if wwf wasn't that hot right then you know you'd probably be more in the wcw and vice versa and that's just a good feeling to have and now sometimes when wwe is not hot it's just like you know if you're just a wwe fan i'm not talking about it like yeah wwe not being hot as you know dave forced me to go look for other wrestling it did it did it was it was the fact and not just not being hot wwe outright not being good a lot of times and yeah and that's that's why you found new japan pro wrestling yeah because i was just it was just this struggle it felt like it was a job every week to watch wwe and i'm not saying that people aren't talented it was just the way that these amazing talented people were presented to me wasn't you know wasn't working with me it wasn't enjoyable it was just like oh raw's on oh smackdown's on oh nxt's on because i would get excited about that but it'd be like i'd watch 12 hours of programming and only be excited about one yeah, it's it's a slog, and they unfortunately keep thinking uh, more is better. Uh, hence the you know work day long WrestleMania event. Uh, yeah, it's just it is what it is. But but that's not what we're here to talk about today. We're talking. We're here to talk about all things elite. And with that long opening, we'd like to remind you that this show and this episode of All Things Elite is brought to you by Power Slam TV. Power Slam TV is where you can get access to over 4,000 hours of content from over 110 of your favorite wrestling brands from countries around the globe right onto your laptop and mobile devices. If you use the code Social Suplex, you can get your first month free. So it's a great way to keep up with indie, uh, you know, a lot of indie tele, uh, wrestling out there, and they're you know always getting new content. So definitely look into Power Slam TV. Yeah, um, you know, on our show, uh, on our show that we used to do around the ring, uh, you know, they sent us a code and I signed in, and I, you know, I did dig it. And I, I will tell anyone, I dig it and I like having it. But I mean, one of the one things you don't worry about is when you you follow ROH, you follow New Japan, and you follow WWE, you never starve for wrestling. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. yeah just, you-, you just always have content. So even though I love Power Slam TV, I do not. Uh, get signed in as much as I want to, and I, but I'm telling you, I'll try it for all you wrestling nerds like myself. Uh, you can definitely see a lot of matches from people in AEW that you might not have seen before, so that's definitely yeah. something you want to do. Yeah, it's a great way of, if you're not sure who some of these folks are, and you you know you want just kind of one easy place to go and, and see a lot of them, powerslam.tv is a great place to do that and uh or if you are if you still like wrestling but you're just sick and tired of watching the same old stuff all the time give it a go it's worth checking out Uh, all right and last but not least as we are part of the social suplex podcast network like to remind you on april 7th 5 p.m eastern at uh uh, we will be hosting our first ever uh live event social uh, suplex mania this will be at uh, this will be a WrestleMania watch party. Uh, 
and it'll be at the original Hooters across from uh, MSG. Uh, they talk broken on uh, keeping it strong style. All the waitresses will be in wrestling shirts. Uh, <laughs> the, the young boy Josh, he he wants them uh, doing a few cosplay. He wants the faces of Foley cosplay. But uh, you can come by. Uh, it starts at 5 p.m. Eastern. Uh, you can come by, say hello, and then you know take a bus, train, or whatever you're taking over to. Uh, MetLife if you're going to the show which will start at 6 or you can hang out eat some wings get drunk maybe win some prizes do some trivia hang with the people from the suplex uh, uh, social suplex sorry uh, keeping the strong style people One Nation Radio uh, everyone will be there and it should be a good time again we do not we got like the whole second floor and uh, we don't want any empty spots. So if you're going to be in the area, you're not going to WrestleMania, which I know personally is quite a few people, then uh, you need to get your ass down to the original Hooters across from MSG and hang with the people, maybe win some stuff and watch 19 hours of professional wrestling. So it I might be over. underestimated that. I think it's 48 hours. <laughs> it will be over. I guarantee you the show will be over by Tuesday. So <laughs> yeah, that, that's good. At least yeah. that's good. We, we know that. No, it has to be over by raw because they have a new show, you know, so maybe it just bleeds together. Um, yeah. Uh, so uh, looking forward to that. I hope everyone can make it out there. Uh, this is big, big, big for social suplex. So uh, hopefully everyone that won't be going to Mania, which I know is a lot of people, definitely swing by, eat some wings. Well, that's uh, that's uh, it for the th- that's it for the putting over uh, the podcast network, which I love so much. But let's talk about a little AEW. So last week. AEW, uh, we talked about uh, they were at C2E2 in Chicago, which is uh, a video gaming Comic-Con type thing uh, in uh, Chicago. Uh, it was uh, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, uh, CM Punk and and the, uh, the recently deceased Marty Skrull were there too. Uh, they were signing autographs and meeting with fans. Uh, the, aid, uh, the elite did a, a panel uh, that uh, our good friends or for, friends of the show, Tiffany and Issa, were at, and they talked. Uh, they had a few things to cover uh, that they talked about. Um, one being uh, they were talking about the schedule, and they said they were going to take holidays off. So it looks like. They're going to, you know, do their best to be on a a lighter schedule than someone as such as the WWE, which to me, I don't know how you feel about that, Dave. It only makes sense being a startup company. Oh, yeah. Now, one of the the absolute worst things that the WWE has is their freaking schedule. Uh, They do just too much. It's not good for their talent it's not good for their fans it's just not good 
and uh, the fact that AEW is going to do a lighter schedule, and it and it sounds like some of their people are going to be actual legitimate. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Employees. Uh, no, independent contractors. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. And, yeah. and some will be actual employees. Like the the few, like not everyone who works there is going to be a uh, an exclusive talent. Um, so there's going to be a lot of folks that will uh, will be able to to you know work AEW, but then also work other places. I think once they they get to the point where they're having more consistent shows. And even if it's just something like they have a weekly show and then a monthly pay-per-view or a pay-per-view every other month or something like that, I think that's going to be the the best way to go for them. And that'll keep everyone healthy. Plus, I mean, over half of them, or, you know, all almost everyone who is high up in that company has families, uh, at the very least has spouses, and they want to spend time with their families, with their kids. So yeah, it makes sense. Let's let's give these folks time to heal because if and I, I've mentioned this before, not not on this show, but I think I did talk about it long ago on Around the Ring on our the other show. Is if you compare the three big uh, combat sports air quotes um, that are out there, and you think about which ones are are the hardest on the on the human body, and I'm talking boxing, MMA, and pro wrestling. I think it's safe to say that pro wrestling overall is harder on the body than boxing or MMA. I mean, granted, you probably get more concussions in boxing because you literally get punched in the face all the time. But both boxing and MMA, especially MMA, they are quick. If things are looking bad, you're you're getting your ass whooped and it's over. They will stop it quick. Plus, you have months, months between fights, especially if you're in the major leagues. With WWE, you are having matches, i.e. fights, three, four times a week. Uh, more than that, if it's a pay-per-view week. So it, the schedule is stupid that WWE has their people going through. And I think in the long run, it's going to hurt them. So I, I think AEW not doing house shows and only you know having a very light schedule in comparison is a super smart thing to do. Also, if it comes to a point, let's say a few years down the road, if they're still kicking and they're in some contract negotiations – and let's say WWE is offering you more money, AEW can come in and say, well, we can't give you quite that much. We'll give you close, but look at how many days you're going to work versus how many days you're going to work over here. You're going to be able to have time to heal. You're going to be able to have time to spend with your family, pursue you know other things that you want to do, even if that's just sitting around at home you know, farting around. Then, then that, I think that'll be a great selling point for them. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree with that. And you know, one thing I hate about WWE, and and, I'm, and this is as a hardcore loyal fan that you know goes to everything. Uh, I don't, I don't go to hell shows. I don't like hell shows. I don't. I think they're, I think they're not useful in today's wrestling. I don't. I think it 
does more harm to the wrestlers than it serves good to the company. So I I like the whole idea of New Japan like they do a tour and then there's a break. They do a tour and then there's a break. I like that idea of it. And I and I still think you can still go to smaller towns when you do that tour. Like let's say you're in the Washington area. Like Seattle is your major stop, right? Right. And then like Friday and Saturday you hit two of the smaller peak towns, maybe in Washington or Idaho. And, you know, you you hit those smaller towns, right? And you know, and you do that maybe a couple times a month, but the other two weeks you're letting your uh, your people rest. And then when you do wrestle, when you do have it, do your best to use you have this massive roster. Do your best to use this massive roster to make fresh talent and no uh, make fresh uh, matches and you know fresh storylines that don't have to be rammed in every week that way they give some time to develop and breathe agreed 1000% yeah I just like I said it's okay to miss Roman Reigns a little bit you know what I mean it's okay you know it's not if he's not on TV every week saying I'm the big dog. People aren't gonna forget, you know. It's there. <laughs> That's what YouTube is for. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm I'm not sure if I remember what if he is the big dog. It's, yeah, it's the big dog. It's boss time. You won't know it's boss time when Sasha shows up. If Michael Cole doesn't tell you every week. And again, and I want to be clear and dave will know as much as he's tried to talk me out of it i am a hardcore wwe fan i i mean i never miss smackdown raw i am the guy that wrestling is not promoted to anymore the reason i say that and i've made this point many times is they know they have me you know (laughs) they don't have to worry about making the show for me because i'm gonna watch it anyway Oh yeah, and, yeah. They yeah. got your money. <laughs> they got my money. I, you know, I am a day one network subscriber. I am. I going to WrestleMania, and they were like, I even when Jeremy brought it to me, he's like, "Hey, we're going to do Suplex Mania," and I was like, "Oh, so it's going to be before WrestleMania? Oh, it's going to be after WrestleMania? No, doing WrestleMania? No, no. I'll stop by before WrestleMania because <laughs> Floyd's at WrestleMania. I mean, that's what I do. This is this is number eight for me, six in a row." Blah blah blah. Uh, it's just I go to WrestleMania. It's what I do. Every oh yeah, year. and now, it's just it's yeah. Yeah. So you you just mentioned something. This this I might be jumping a little bit ahead on our notes of things to talk about. But you're talking about Michael Cole and his just utterly annoying way of doing what Vince wants him to do. Uh, the big dog. It's boss time. I get douche chills almost every time he opens his mouth and screams whatever nickname or catchphrase. And he's not the only one. They've got them all doing it. The new Daniel Bryan, all of this crap. It's just gross. It's just, just stop, please stop. Um, but there's an individual whose contract is coming up with WWE at the end of this month. And uh, he's from the Sooner State uh, y'all might know him. His uh, his name is uh, J.R. Jim Ross, and he is essentially insinuated or basically outright said, "Oh yeah, yeah, I'm he's, going to AEW." 
yeah, he's pretty freaking open about it. He's very like, I can't sign with them until the end of March. But yeah, it's pretty much done. So, yeah, my if if he is doing like talent relations, if he's doing maybe backstage producing, I'm fine. Just like the everything AEW folks, I'm fine with that. If he is on the mic at, uh, you know, if he's doing commentary, no, get the fuck out of here with that. No, he stinks. He's not good anymore. He needs to stop. He doesn't know who the hell anyone is. Even when he was doing stuff at WWE, it wasn't good. I mean, he wasn't awful calling that tremendous Tyler Bate, uh, Pete Dunn match at TakeOver where Pete Dunn won the WWE UK championship. He didn't hurt that, but I think a lot of that was because if I'm, if I remember correctly, Nile, Nigel McGinnis was next to him and he only had to worry about two people and he probably had a book of notes in front of him. But anytime he's been on uh, new Japan uh, and I don't watch the new Japan access show. So I don't know if he's if he's able to do research and not sound like a blithering idiot, but those last few live things I saw from him on new Japan. So embarrassingly bad. And he just sounds like he doesn't care. And so it's like, no, please other than every once in a while, having him come out and say something, maybe do voiceovers for some stuff. No. The other thing Jim Ross does is Jim Ross screams, Attitude Era, 1990s, early 2000s, WWE. If AEW is wanting to make something new, you don't have the voice of your company be fucking Jim Ross. So, this is where I can say, I, okay, because I was ready to disagree with you. I was ready to go, hey man, don't be dissing on our Oklahoma like that. But then you made the point, if AEW wants to be new it can't be him and the word i word that is being used a lot to describe aew cody uses a lot is fresh jim ross has you know been in the wrestling industry forever he sat at the table of uh bill watts and, and he learned everything he could from them he was worked with vince mcmahon he's worked with a lot of great wrestling minds so don't get me wrong uh Jim Ross is invaluable as an asset for your wrestling company. But if you want to be a fresh voice and don't want to be looked at minor league WWE, that's when you can't have him as your announcer. You can't have him. You could have him if you're having a specialty match or something like that. I wouldn't even do that. But if you're having a specialty match or something, maybe have Jim Ross in that. But uh, yeah, I agree with you there. Uh, I think he had a overall, for me, I think Jim Ross is amazing. I just think he had an overall lack of passion for the product he was calling. It yeah, was, he didn't. He, he didn't care. It was obvious. Yeah, and he didn't care. I think if you can get Jim Ross caring and passionate about something and you put him on the mic, you know, that natural talent, the things that brought out every all the passion and love that we got in the 90s and the 2000s it would come back because jim ross is amazing but 
being able to do something. I mean, WWE lessening your role, lessening your role. Michael Cole is the voice. You don't have a backstage role. Just come in and call this to get a cheap pop. All right, and then Access TV, well, we at least want them to have a voice that we've heard, you know, and then he comes in and he's literally calling matches for people he's never heard of. I can honestly see how overall lack of, you know, passion might uh, keep him from uh, doing well. So I just think if you give Jim Bar- Jim Ross the ball and he cares, he will run with it. And Here's the thing that um, he worked for New Japan for like two or three years. Uh-huh. At some point, you think he would have have if he is a if he really is a wrestling fan, and I think he is, he would have realized, hey, this is some great shit I'm watching. And maybe, maybe just to be fair, maybe Japanese wrestling isn't for him. It's not for everybody. But still, you would think after a while he would know some of these people, and he didn't. And, and he's, was, I mean, you got to throw it into. He's older too. I'm not yeah. saying his. I'm just saying, you know, cognitive ability degenerates over time. You know, and, I, and like I said, I don't know that about Jr. I, I and, and honestly, me sticking up for him like he's been the voice of wrestling so long for me. That might just be what it is. It might be completely biased and unreasonably sticking up for him. I just think he's he. I just think if he cared. I think he would be better. In the AEW, he seems to, if you see how he tweets and how he talks, he seems to, that fire has been stoked in him again. Right. And, well, I mean, the thing with you, Floyd, is you're a positive guy. You always try to look for the bright side, look for the positive spin. So looking at this and going, man, if he can be passionate, it could be great, fits your personality. Um now, with, with me, I was never a big Jim Ross fan. I remember when, when you first joined Around the Ring a few years ago, and we used to do these top five lists every week, and we did top five commentators. And when I did not have Jim Ross as number one, you were, you were legitimately and completely shocked. I think you were almost offended and taken aback. Because, you know, I prefer Tony Schiavone. Well, just, and now Ryan does too. So, hey, it seems like I am the one on the Jim Ross band, uh, Jim Ross bandwagon. Stone Cold, Stone Cold, Stone Cold. It's just that was just uh, during the hottest time of wrestling. He was the voice. You know, he was what I looked forward to every week. And, you know, even Jerry Lawler screaming out his old tired sayings of puppies and stuff still brings like even though it's completely horrible, it, you know, warmed my heart because that was wrestling, you know, for a long time, you know, and it was just, I don't, like I said, it's just like one of those things, you know, you say, hey, I give JR the ball, he can do what he do, you know, he gonna make it happen. So, yeah. uh, yeah, so that might just be it. See, we covered something I, you know, and it, you know, we don't have to go in order. Uh, but that was we were going to talk about his contract being up. It, it looks like his contract's up like Sunday, and he can sign somewhere Monday. I think there were more subtle references this week to Jr. signing uh, that uh, you know some people might not have picked up on. Some people did pick up on. My boy Ryan picked up on. I got to give Ryan a shout out because he sent a screenshot and he said, "What does this mean?" And I was like. 
and, and it, it made me have a different point of view and i'm like man we got something different for the show now I listen to everything elite and they pretty much say exactly what i'm about to say but i'm gonna put a little spin on it because i got love i got love for my city i love my city so I'm glad someone does dude i don't i don't understand why you live here <laughs> i don't i have this big thing i don't understand why people live where they hate you know, I am a very positive person. If I well, didn't like Oklahoma anymore, I wouldn't live here anymore. So that's that's easier said than done, one. Two, uh, up until a few months from now, it is you. Yeah. And you make good money. I so a lot of money. <laughs> and, and you have a marketable skill that you can take into another community and easily find a job. So for you to just be able to say, fuck this, I'm out, up and leave, okay, that's fine. That is not that's, – that's a reasonable thing. And it's also understandable for you to go, well, why can't everyone do this? Because not everyone is in your same situation. Some of us have families. Some of us don't have marketable skills. Some of us on paper are lucky to have the jobs that we have. And some of us are poor. And you can't just pack up your shit easily and leave – if you were in that kind of situation and to be fair, to be clear, I don't hate it here, but I'm frustrated with it. I am frustrated with a lot of things about Oklahoma. Um, now that said during that episode of everything, AEW, when they were kind of bashing on Oklahoma, you know, my cackles raised, I got a little defensive. I was like, Hey, now, Especially when the guy from Texas was like, oh, we hate Oklahoma, we're from Texas. I'm like, y'all motherfuckers ain't any better. You really think y'all are better? Your roads might be better. Yeah, you know, I do my best to stay, I do my best to stay super positive. They got me in some some negative thinking right there. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, But, but yes, the Road to Double or Nothing, episode nine. Uh, do you just want to jump right to the scene in question? Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. Because it was just this was a closest thing to a Starcast infomercial that you could possibly get. That's basically what this episode was, right? Mm-hmm. And I love Starcast. I'm, I'm gonna be at Starcast. Starcast too. I'll be there. It was just like road to double nothing. You want hints? You want juiciness? You want stuff to talk about? Because you know I do a show about the lead every week, so. I need stuff to talk about. So, uh, <laughs> so looking at Roll the Double Nothing, uh, we get to this scene where Cody is, he's in the room and he has a chalkboard behind him and it looks like they, not a chalkboard, a whiteboard, and he has our itinerary and at the top of the itinerary is OKC. The next thing was Visas, right? Right. Um, and uh, uh, Visas, the... Uh, show with the CEOs, the AEW CEOs, and I forgot what the fourth thing was, but those are the things that matter, because when we talk about OKC, you know, first thing is, I'm going to tell you, I'm super, you know, I'm I'm Mark a lot of times. I was like, man, we're going to get a show in OKC. Yeah, like, yeah, like a dumbass. (laughs) Yeah, I had about an hour of that, and then I, then 
Then I woke up, because literally it was the first thing I saw when I woke up yesterday, because, you know, sleep during the day and shit. Uh, so, first thing I, th- I saw was like, yeah, OKC, Shoko no OKC. I was like, why would they do OKC? They do flying cities, you know? They do Chicago, they look Las Vegas, they don't do OKC. And then I thought about it. OKC is code. OKC is code. What is OKC code for? The person we've been talking about the last 10, 15 minutes. It's Jim Ross. Because they can't yeah. just have Jim Walsh, Ross on their whiteboard. Exactly. Yeah, it's. (laughs) They're probably. They might come here and do a big. You know, might do maybe a pop in press conference or something to announce Jim Ross or something like that. Maybe, but for the most part, it's. And maybe, maybe someday once they they've got their their mojo going and they're on TV and they've got their weekly show, maybe they would do a taping here. Yeah, it is not. It is. Uh. It is not. We are a great city to me. I enjoy our city, but uh, we are not a super hot wrestling city. No. I mean, um, my boy Jerry, promoter for uh, IWR or World Class Revolution is what it's called now. Uh, he brought in Oklahoma a couple years, and I mean, he brought in star-studded events with, I believe, the Hardy Boys, Sting. Young Bucks, and it didn't draw like I thought it was going to draw. And then it was just like I just had to, I had to realize that, the, I mean, this is coming from a person doing an attitude error. I mean, they had to shut down the block because Raws were so packed. So I always thought of us as a hot wrestling city. We are not that anymore. No, and it's it's funny that I think had the first Oklahoma with the lineup that they had had that show happened a couple of years later it would have had a better draw than it did it they were like just a year too early for that show and um i do like that everything aew did name drop oklamania though with some slight shade uh yes. but it was yes. any that, name dropping is is good and that that did that i think that bothered me more than anything yeah um, yeah, yeah, they. I mean, it was a big show, and they had some big wrestlers on it. And yeah, the uh, the Oklahoma hate, Oklahoma hate, honestly, wouldn't have bothered me if I wasn't from Oklahoma. It was just like we are based in Oklahoma City. I am in Oklahoma City right now, and you're, y'all are probably here tired of me talking about being offended about Oklahoma City, but it's just, uh, it's like, hey. Like Dave said, the city sucks, but you can't say it. You don't have to live here. You haven't earned the right to say our city sucks. <laughs> yeah, come here, spend some time, and then you can you can accurately walk away and go, Oklahoma City sucks. Yeah. <laughs> no, like, no. no, like me, like I hate traffic, and I like it quiet, and I get both of those things here. And that then is I, true. I, I, when I want to watch re- good wrestling and stuff, I leave. <laughs> so so it's like it's it's what it comes down to it's like i love my city don't get me wrong it's just i do understand it's just not a destination it, it's no. it, 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 it's, the, it's the fact that we're on literally the wwe's b player list that came out yeah and it's i mean the thing that you kind of have to realize is oklahoma is still a few years behind 
I mean, Oklahoma City and Tulsa are trying to become major league cities, and and you know the bless their hearts, they're trying real hard. But the the reality is, you go to especially you go to a local independent wrestling show in Oklahoma, you are you, I, you will think that you have found yourself at a taping of world-class championship wrestling from 1986 and any minute now the Von Erics are going to come down the aisle and they actually literally might come down the aisle at the show because the Von Erics come to a, a lot of local Oklahoma shows. So it is a throwback to a time long since gone because a lot of stuff in Oklahoma is a bit backwards to to be completely honest. So yeah, we're not going to be on the cusp. So AEW is not showing up here for a show. That was a a little nod to JR completely. Um and really, I mean, yeah, the only th- other there wasn't really anything else of note in this road to double or nothing other than talking about Starcast. Oh, yeah, no, the last scene where they're talking about well, the, they're talking about uh Cody's gear, and I thought I thought you yes. might have. I thought you, you know, you weren't you were never a video game guy, right? Nope. Oh, okay, yeah, because they were talking about uh, Thanos or Alucard as his uh, what this uh, the person that he was going to the, gonna be the homage in his uh, gear, and um, I was like, who the hell's Alucard? Of course, listening to everything elite, I find out he's like the character on Castlevania, but I had no idea who the hell that was. And then I was like Thanos. I'm like, of course, do Thanos, fucking Thanos, and, you know? And, you know, and uh, Endgame comes out, and then they were like, well, everybody's doing Thanos. Well, so you do it better. Yeah, <laughs> do, exactly. Do Thanos yeah. better, <laughs> no? But it looks like he's gonna roll with the a la carte, and she made the comment. Should uh, I avoid gold? And of course, of course, that was to get everybody thinking it's going to be gold dust. Now, yeah, well, it Dustin Rhodes because he can't be gold dust. Let me tell you, you don't know what he's worked out with the WWE. Like when certain people reach a certain level with the WWE length of service, Vince tends to lax on the rules for them. Yeah, I mean, I mean so, gold dust. Gold dust put in time, time. Couple oh, yeah, stints in mean, rehab, yeah. and he keeps coming back, and he keeps performing, and he's helping the young guys. So I don't all the way think if he did something with AEW and wanted to use the gold dust character, I don't think they would be all the way against it. Maybe. I mean, the thing is, you can make the argument, and I did not come up with this idea. I think I heard it on uh, Solo Monster's show. But you could make the argument that the Gold Dust character is the second greatest Vince McMahon character creation. Yeah, obviously, next to The Undertaker. It, if you're going to do like the, the greatest character creations that, that Vince has ever done, it's your top three are Taker, Gold Dust, and Kane. Uh, I would go Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan was pre-Vince McMahon. Hulk Hogan was doing that character in AWA. Vince gets no credit for that. But the Hulkamania and the pushing out on Gets no credit for that. I think he gets... It was over. I think he gets no a ton of credit for, for it. Did anybody nope. else put the belt on him? 
the a- AWA was about to, but Vince signed him up at a time. No, they, they, no, I'm saying what my point is, Vince did not create that character. Vince came in and exploited that character. He didn't lit. create Junkyard Dog. He didn't create Rowdy Roddy Piper. He did not create Bobby the Brain Heenan. He pushed them to the next level. But what I'm saying is an absolute Vince creation. Vince created The Undertaker. Okay. Vince created Goldust. Vince created Kane. Because you look at what those three guys were doing before those characters and in other places, it wasn't anything like what Vince had them doing. Those three home run successes. So for so yeah, that that's what I'm saying. Okay. Absolute pure creation of Vince McMahon. I would go I would go Taker and then I would go Edge and then I would go Kane. So you could make that argument. I mean, what did no one knew who? I mean, maybe super hardcore fans, but Edge was a WWE product. Absolutely, that's fair. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm but just I mean, like I feel like there were a lot more WWE products than that that were great, but because shit, squ- uh, basically getting that out of Mark Henry was like squeezing the booger out of George Washington's nose. So. Uh yeah. yeah, but I mean, as far as longevity, yeah. you've got to put Goldust is in top five. Yeah, his character That's lasted crucial. forever, and it's very memorable. It was forward thinking character. Don't get me wrong, Gold Goldust, great, great character. Don't get me wrong. It's just, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I I would love to do a top five on that because if you give me time to think, I think I think I come up with some good ones. But yeah, uh, Goldust was definitely a great character. But yeah, so there's. Apparently, old Goldie has tweeted, no, my contract is, is fine. Meltzer has gotten into stuff. and I've, it, it, Basically, it, people saying that his contract is up are, uh, are incorrect. He's still with the WWE. He still has a contract with the WWE. It's saying he wants to make that clear because he's on good terms with the WWE. And, you know, even Cody has said, I would love to bring him in. But he has stability with the WWE, and I would like him to keep that. He said that actually on an episode of Edge and Christian Show, speaking of Edge, uh, that he wanted him to keep the stability that went along with being with the WWE. So I remember it was like I, I remember listening to the interview. So it's like, don't get me wrong. I don't. I like I said, I want you know if Cody and Dustin want to do the match together. I'm I'm there for it. I am like I don't think like everything Cody does, every chord he struck, I've been completely behind. Don't get me wrong, but it's just like at this point, it's so on the nose, Dustin. I want it to be someone else. Yeah, I. It would be kind of cool if they just pulled a rabbit out of their hat and something just totally different. Because honestly, at this point. Other than adding extra hype, the tickets are all sold. So it at this point, they just need to make sure that they do a great show. So he doesn't need to face, you know, gold dust. And in fact, that's something that should probably be given time to um, to prepare. You know that that should be something that is is given time to marinate and and uh, foster and whatnot and and yeah no he just just somewhat fresh yeah yes, like, it, like, like I said you know you do your first 
first big show, your first big double or nothing show, all you've talked about is fresh. We want to bring in people that people don't see very often. Fresh, 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 fresh. That's been the, the kind of the key word when it comes to getting talent. And Cody's first match on the show is with what would be considered by most people a WWE product. Exactly. And like I said, again, whatever he does, I'm you know I'm behind. But I, it's like one of those things. It's like pretty much anybody, kind of like anybody else. I mean, if you wanted to do MJF, I would like the MJF uh, storyline to develop more. But uh, you know, the whatever. Flip Gordon. That seems like that's about to not be an option. Because unfortunately, uh, Flip Gordon knee locked up, and they feel like he might have a meniscus tear, so he might be out some months. So it's just like I just wanted to be someone kind of unexpected. I wanted to be like that. I have a person where all these signs are pointing to them, but you didn't think of that person. I just like I said, but it's it's wrestling, so it's hard to surprise anybody with anything. Right. Yeah, it's like. Because you have to get graphics done. You have to do this. You have to do that. And every time you have to outsource to someone else, that basically is another person that could spill the beans. You know? Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, so, and then it's just how wrestling works these days. Um, yeah, uh, I, I, I did skip one point. Also at C2E2, they were talking about commentary team, and it looks like, Excalibur is going to be on the team. I am. I have never watched the PWG show. I know sacrilege. I don't know nothing. I'm a horrible wrestling fan. I've never watched the PWG show, but I have heard him on New Japan. I've. Uh, I heard him on a few clips of All In. One of the weird things you will find about me. I was at All In. One of the greatest wrestling experiences of my life. It is so great. That memory, the emotions, everything that happened that night, I have not watched it again, ever. On tape. Do you just not have a desire to? No, it's not that. It's just that memory and every match and everything that happened. The smells, the sound, how I felt is so ingrained in me. Like I said, it is number one on like one of the best shows I've ever been to in my life. One of the best experiences I never felt the need to do the other, you know, go watch it again. I don't, you know, like, I carry the ticket in my wallet. I don't need to go watch it again, to experience it again. I literally, like, live in that moment. It's like when you talk about wrestling and wrestling experiences, it's going to be everything that happened after All In and everything that happened before. Because to me, it was such, to me, such a different and a revolutionary kind of experience. It was still wrestling, but it was told in a generally more exciting way. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right. So I've just never felt the need to go back and watch it. So I was like, yeah. So a commentary on the show, I didn't really hear because I was watching it. And it was just like, yeah, I didn't need commentary when Cody got the three. And then the main event sprint and then Okada and uh Fucking uh, Marty Scroll had me on the edge of my seat, and Kenny and Pentagon put on one of the best matches. As far as what I like, one of the best matches I've ever seen. And so it's just, yeah, I don't know. I was just on the edge of my seat, and 
super excited about the whole thing. Um, yeah, but that was that was just the one thing I wanted to bring up from that. And uh, you know, we talked about Jim Ross, all nothing. All right, Kenny Omega had a documentary uh, come out on TSN. It was called Omega Man, right? A wrestling love story. Let me make sure that's what it was called. Yeah, so, you know, a friend of the show on old Twitter sent me a link to a YouTube video because the show was only available in Canada. So I watched it last night, and it was amazing. And it was just about the different type of story, that Kenny Omega's journey, and a different type of story, the thing with the Golden Lovers are. Can you hear that horn honking? I cannot. Okay, that's good. So that means it's not being picked up on the recording. But someone's alarm is going on outside. So if you do pick that up, I do apologize for that. I will listen back and see if it's there. But, um, yeah, it was about him uh, leaving the WWE, uh, getting booked at DDT, uh, meeting Kota Ibushi, and how they immediately connected as far as in wrestling, and how they saw wrestling and the story they wanted to tell, and and, and it really was how their story has reached across to uh, a group of people that you know to uh, the LGBTQ community, uh, that uh, a group of people that are usually very much under. Uh, underrepresented in wrestling and when represented only done in a very you know dramatic and almost disparaging way so the fact that uh this group of people had a story uh that they could relate to you know two men uh you know that didn't have problems hugging and kissing and saying they loved each other and, you know, being, you know, that representation, I, I really do think, to, you know, it was about their love story. Uh, that's what the show was about. I mean, it was started off about Kenny, but it quickly, about the last 30 minutes, was talking about the relationship with Ibushi. I thought it was amazing. I thought it was well done. It filled in a bunch of holes. Someone like me that came in late and didn't understand it did. And, you know, they was talking about how they're kind of like wrestling soulmates to a point. And it was just, it was very well done. And since it was done, represented from uh, a company that really wasn't wrestling fans, you know what I mean? Like WWE does their documentaries and it's very much done by the WWE. And it's, they're brilliant and they're well shot. They're all that stuff. But to see that outside lens, you know what I mean? It's someone that is not a wrestling fan telling the story was kind of cool we got uh we got um isa uh that was on the show she had an interview on the t- on that show and she got to talk about it and uh some people i follow uh pidgey and um uh just some people i follow on twitter were definitely uh definitely represented on the show, and I was like, I was very, I kind of popped when I saw Issa, because, you know, my buddy, uh, my show buddy, I really wanted to get her on to talk about the show, and I didn't really ask her, I kept putting it off, <laughs> I kept putting it off, and then it was like, oh, it's time to record, kind of thing, so, 
Oh see, my. see, th- this is what happens, ladies and gentlemen. He puts puts off good people to have on the show, interviews, interesting stuff, and so he forgets to do that. So you get stuck with my dumbass. Oh uh, no, I I will tell anyone that if you ask why Dave, it's like I am such a positive person. I am such a rah rah everything elite AEW the, the greatest. Oh my God, AEW is the best. You do need someone with a little more of a neutral opinion you know what i mean i think that's something you do and and like i am talking about them a lot i'm really not trying to get you to listen to another show but uh i think that's something you get from everything elite you know you do get it mean like out of the three people that are on there like two of them wouldn't would be what you would call elite fans they're just wrestling fans that are talking about the elite and then you have one guy that's an elite guy but he's kind of like what i would call a casual elite guy you know he's there is no like hardcore elite fan on that show you know what i mean yeah no they're they're more of we just want something that's not wwe yeah yeah so yeah so yeah because yeah they were i mean they aaron um and i forget the other there's two aaron's One of them hasn't been back since the first episode, but they did a show called Everything Evolves, and once it became very, very obvious that Evolve and WWE were completely, wholeheartedly, a thousand percent in bed together, they were like, fuck this, out, and uh, and quit, just stop the show. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, they were asked. That was the only episode of that show I ever listened to was the last one. Yeah, that was the one of the few I ever listened to. And uh, they were like, yep, we're done. We can't do this shit anymore. So and, I liked yeah. the last episode. So when they said, hey, we're going to do it about this show. And I was like, oh, I can get on, on the ground in. And then this was before I was starting my show. And I was like, cool, good show. So I listened yeah. to it. And I think, and like I said, it's well done. Don't get me wrong. I'm a fan of it. It's just like, but if you want... If you want the elite fan aspect of it, I think that's more linked to our show. If you want the more neutral journalistic side of it, that's probably their show. Yeah. Would do you agree with that, Dave? As a person, I would listen, listen to both. Yeah. Yes. You're, yeah. You're, I would. Yeah. Mine is very much the more positive. They're going to succeed. They're never going to fail. Take of it, and you know, if they do fail, I will cry a lot. <laughs> so, uh, but I would never be glad that they didn't try. But I, again, so that's that's my side of it. But um, yeah, I can't wait to meet them. They're going to all be in New York, and I really want to meet them and tell them how much I enjoyed their show and I love their take on the elite every week. Have you uh, have you ever interacted with them uh, from the uh, All Things Elite um, Twitter? We follow each other. That's about it. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, we follow each other, and like I said, I want to introduce myself, and I'm like, and that's what I always said uh, when I'm talking about it. The way I see it, you know, shake their hands. I like, I love your content. I don't see you as competition. Not not in a negative way. No, I don't see you as in competition because I just think there are so many ears and there are so many, you know, podcasts, you know, there's the voice their own voices wrestling on so suplex. I just think, you know, some people are gonna enjoy the way you present it better and some people are gonna enjoy it the way I present it better. And yeah. I don't think there's I don't think there's any reason to ever have conflict between us. But don't oh, yeah. talk shit about Oklahoma again. <laughs> 
Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was like, hey, we're great, but don't talk shit about Oklahoma. <laughs> now, uh, AEW is going to the CEO show June tw- uh, June 20. It's June 28th through 30th, but I believe the match is on June 29th. Uh, this is from BT, so we probably should cover BT first, but they announced one match that we'll talk about when we do our BT review, which we might as well do right now. BTE are being the elite started uh, as they are sitting uh, Bucks and Kenny are sitting at a table and they were talking about why didn't you go help Cody and you know last week it was they were looking at their phones so they never saw Cody getting beat up this week they said they wanted to protect their pop because of the surprise and he's like yeah the crowd really went mild I you know I actually was at work, and when a cleaning lady was cleaning, and I heard that line, and I actually laughed out loud to the point of scaring her. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I um, I actually watched this this morning after I had listened to uh, everything Elite, so I was spoiled, um, and I did not watch. Uh, I forget what the AAA show was, but this all comes back to the Young Bucks winning the AAA tag team titles. And some people are like, the Young Bucks are going to ruin AAA. And I have to agree with the Voices of Wrestling folks. AAA, there's nothing to ruin. That shit's crazy. So there is no sanctity in their booking because their booking is nuck and futz. So uh, let me tell you how they ruined AAA. I watched my first AAA show ever. I paid four ninety nine a month now to be on Twitch, and a person that had literally never watched AAA in his life. So that's how they're ruining it. Yeah, you. They have literally gotten AAA a new customer. <laughs> yep, that's how they're ruining it. The good yeah, job. So good show. Yeah. <laughs> Very. I know it's you know the 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 people that hate the Young Bucks and and AEW that are it, it's it's so like political twitter because it's so insane they just don't care about reality they just want to get their hot takes out about how much they hate something and it's it's just ridiculous but but yeah so but yeah that that the crowd went mild that was that was cute um because when the young bucks came out to challenge uh pentagon and uh ray phoenix the crowd did not react um and that's if I'm that's my understanding. I didn't watch it, but but they were like, "Who the fuck are these people? Who are these whiteies? And why are, why are they here?" Yeah, they didn't yeah. they didn't know their moves, nothing. Yeah, like you know, you understand, you know, for everything that I've ever seen, every group I've been, Young Bucks show up in the building. That's a huge, huge pop. That was not the case, and it's funny because you know it's like to them. If you ask who's the bigger star, Jeff Jarrett or the Young Bucks, it is by far Jeff Jarrett. In at a triple A show in Mexico, yes. Yes, by far. It's not even close. Jeff Jarrett's a champion. Jeff Jarrett's double J. J E double F, J A double R, E double T. You know, he used to run his own company. Yeah, so it's kind of funny. No, I'm just saying. It's like it's kind of funny. We do live in there are pockets of the world where Jeff Jarrett's a way bigger star than the Young Bucks. Yeah, 
Yeah. And I mean, it's it, Mexican wrestling is is very different, especially AAA. AAA is its own bizarre little world. And I've watched a Triple Mania before. I've watched parts of it. A lot of it was unwatchable. Um, but there is some nutso, crazy stuff that goes on there. Most of my familiarity with AAA honestly comes from when I watched Lucha Underground. Because Lucha Underground was, was a part of, you know, it was related to AAA. And, uh, oh, that's something that's not on the rundown. Quick aside, uh, Lucha Underground settled a uh, lawsuit with a number of stars who have now been released from their contracts. Most importantly, the man of the legend. I I was going to say Joey Ryan. Oh, yeah. Joey Ryan, Ivelisse, um, Pentagon, Ray, um, King Cuerno, who is a a phantasma in AAA. Um, I don't know if that includes Angelico. I don't know if that includes Matt Cross. I don't think Matt Cross was part of that lawsuit. I think he was pretty happy with with Lucha Underground from from all accounts. He, he was never anyone. He he's I've never seen him bash anybody. Um, but yeah, it sounds like pretty much ever. I think everyone who wanted out of their contracts have gotten out, or at the very least, everyone who's involved in these lawsuits are now out of their contracts and can go anywhere. So so we will see. Uh, uh, Phantasmo, I'm sure, springing up in NXT uh, pretty soon. Uh, Eva Lise, I would not be shocked if she was in Impact or AEW at some point. Uh, maybe even WWE, because she's awesome. Uh, and obviously now we're Pentagon and Ray Phoenix will eventually be able to become full-time AEW unless they want to do more things, but even if they're full-time AEW, that still gives them free reign to work in AAA and go over to China if they can get visas and all that good stuff. Um, well, but yeah. just a correction on something I said. Yeah. Jim Ross tweeted out, Big Day, it's the final day of my contract with WWE after 26 years. A WWE camera crew arriving at my home today to record an Undertaker documentary. I'm honored to be a part of, part of it. Great way to exit. So, it's not the 31st, it is not Sunday, it is today. As we are recording, Jim Ross is in his last day in his WWE contract, which is weird because, you know, technically it's not the end of the month, but, you know, it is the end of the month. It's it's The 29th is weird because I get it's, paid it's, on the last day of the month, but when the last day of the month's on the weekend, I get paid on that Friday, so. It's kind of Same weird. here. Yeah. Same here. But so, what else happened on BTE? Yeah. I don't have the rundown yeah so i'm looking at uh yeah uh looking kind of having it playing in the background so i can remember oh, okay. in what what or when order it went down uh because well, we don't really have to give a blow by blow i mean there was a scene with um matt the jackson with the huge mutton chops yeah uh-huh. so okay easy to remember matt hardy has black hair right Right. So does Matt Jackson. Is he the one with the mutton chops? Yes, but you can okay, just... Okay, mutton you, chop Matt. You can just look at the black hair. The darker hair is Matt. Okay. The lighter hair is Nick. I'm not going to remember that. Sadly. <laughs> I'll, I'll remember mutton chops or not. So, it, I was just like, I remember it like I remember the Hardys. It's just like, yeah. So, um... So, Matt, uh... He he had a, a little bit of an episode where everything was coming up Nakazawa, 
and uh yeah he fainted and kenny and he saw everyone wearing michael nakazawa shirts i have to have a michael nakazawa shirt now they sold me uh they said that on the show people are going to be wearing the shirt i have to wear that shirt now yep that is that is going to be a thing yeah i i have to buy it it is michael michael nakazawa michael michael nakazawa it's like, yeah, I just say his name sometimes, just like when I'm bored at work, Michael Nakazawa. I know his name better than I know, like, other people's name on the roster just from them saying it so much. They have, like, you know, ingrained it in me. Yeah, they're going to get this fool over just by saying his name all wacky. Yeah, yeah um, and yeah, it's, it, I mean, guaranteed at double or nothing, there will be a Michael Nakazawa chant if he's on the show. Yeah, Nakazawa. Clap, 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 clap. <laughs> there you go. You know what I'm talking about. You got it. And then Matt was in a Michael Nakazawa shirt. They Oh, they had some spiffy AEW Nike polos. Oh, I can't wait till those go on sale. I, I mean, day one, as soon as they go on sale, they're in the cart. cart. I need that. I don't wear, and you know what's crazy? I don't wear a lot of polo shirts at all. I wear t-shirts, but I will I will definitely wear that shirt. Uh, then they had uh, clips showing uh, people that have submitted uh, videos for the librarian contest. Dave, and did, have they announced who the winner is already? No, they have not. Okay. I think they might do that at like StarCast or Double or Nothing. Uh, most, uh, I haven't got your video yet. I haven't saw your video on there. Um, so Because you're not going to. But dude, um, you are a librarian. I mean, how you know how appropriate okay. would that be? Yeah. Okay. Technically, okay. Um, by the dictionary definition of the word, yes, I am a librarian. By the professional definition of the word, no, I am not. So, if we're going to call me a librarian, we have to quantify this by say, or qualify by saying I'm a little l librarian. Do you because work to be the, at a library? I do. Can you check me out books? Yes, I can. Do you know where books are? Generally speaking, yes. Do you put books back on shelves? Unfortunately, yes. I don't enjoy that part of my job. You are a librarian. You're the only <laughs> definition that most people know of librarian. True, but I'm being respectful to the people that have gotten the master's degree. And and have and th- so the, the difference is there's the little L librarian and then there's the big L librarian. The big L librarians are people who've actually taken the time and money to get the master's degree in library science, and uh, some of the, and they they are big L librarians. That's not me. I just laughed a little bit because that's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> library <laughs> science. Oh yeah, my no, god! Oh my god! The A's go with the A's, and yeah. There, there's a lot more to it than that. No, so. I'm talking. At, I'm talking as someone that doesn't know shit about working at a library. Other than his friend Dave works at the library. Yeah, true. I mean, th- that's the. I mean, most people think you just sit around and read and wear cardigans yes. and have glasses, um, and all of that is true. That happens at various points, but that's not all you do. Yes, you uh, know, sexually repressed. So that's some the thing. of them. Yes, I'm sure. And, and the, you know, the sexy I, librarians a thing. Yeah, it is. I can tell you, a good chunk of my day is spent. Um, Running essentially a daycare and pushing in chairs. Yes, 
Yes, yes. Let's see, that's the library I know. So we got uh, to see Joey Ryan's take on the librarian, and he got interrupted by Swoggle. God, can Swoggle go the fuck away? And Swoggle's <laughs> going to beat up Joey Ryan so he can get uh, looked at by the elite, which is awesome. And apparently Swoggle can't tell who Joey Ryan is when Joey Ryan's wearing glasses. Straight Superman. Uh, no homage to your boy Superman. Yes. I was waiting for him to say it. It's like, so this actually works. Make a Clark Kent joke or something. <laughs> yes. And I like it because they didn't go hard at it. But, you know, for the nerds that watch the show. you know. I have to I think that part where, where Joey Ryan took off the glasses goes, man, it worked. That was my favorite bit in this entire thing, yeah, in this entire yeah. video. Yeah, so put on some glasses. No one can tell who you are. It's that simple. Um, then, um, uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, so we had Christopher Daniels, and apparently he looks horrible for a 49-year-old. Yeah. I wish I looked at that like that at thirty nine. Hell, I Dude. wish I looked like that at twenty nine. I wish, hell, I wish I looked like that now. At any point in my life, I'm like, I've literally, I, and this is this is one hundred percent true. I don't remember what my if I've ever seen my abs. I mean, there's I was always. Gonna say, been, I, don't re- I thought yeah. you were going to say I don't remember what my penis looks like. Whoa, like, whoa, whoa, <laughs> whoa, 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 no. No, no, it's just like you know, you know. I've had always had this nice layer of fat there, so there are no abs. So the fact that he has abs at forty nine, uh, dude, dude is impressive. I mean, seriously, if you go watch his early TNA work, like two thousand four, he basically looks the same. Oh yeah, he's he's aged incredibly well. Yeah, so, he's in great yeah. great condition. Daniels don't crack. You know what I mean? You know, I've heard Black don't crack, but no, uh, Christopher Daniels don't crack. It's amazing genetics. His kids need to take it. His kids need to uh, know that they've gotten something good there. <laughs> you know, because they're, they're going to age very slowly. Yeah. Um, and then you got the, the super pick of uh, uh, Pac, who makes everyone look bad. I'm like, seriously, in shape people don't, you know, look like that. That is just straight genetics. You know what I mean? That is your body. That is the coding that has been there since you were conceived to look like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, and a ton of a ton of hard work. Oh no, no, no! Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying there are other people that could work out as long and eat exactly what he's eating, and they're still not going to look like that. That's all yeah, I'm saying. True. Yeah, I'm just saying. I mean, you can put, you can do the work, you can CrossFit every day, but you know the lines in his stomach are, you know, that just doesn't happen naturally. You know, it's that it does happen naturally. It only happens naturally. Would be the that is science that is encoded. Twelve packs aren't something that everyone can get. You know what I mean? There you go, yep. Yeah, so we see Cody, and he's sad. He's talking to his uh, MJF uh, Nightmare Family jacket. Had it made specially for him. And he looks, and he's, it looks like they're really, they're breaking up. He balls it up. It's very sad. Uh, oh, yes, if you are looking for me in New York, because it's going to be chilly. I want to let everyone know. It's going to be chilly for those days. Uh, I will be in my Nightmare Family jacket 
all the time. I don't care what show. I'll be in my Nightmare Family jacket. Man, they might make you take that off at WrestleMania. Uh, no. Let me tell you. Security, people don't, you know, like, I am not, I don't consider myself like a tough guy. I've, I've never, I don't get in fights. You know, I'm a talker. I am friendly to everybody. I am a puppy in general ways. Everyone's my friend. You know that about me, Dave. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, but I'm also six foot, 300, 315 pounds. Hey, you're a big mamma jamma. People don't generally step to me. And that's reasonable. I mean, <laughs> it's like I'm not. I, I don't like. I said I don't consider myself threatening at all. And I am like, like the best way to describe it. I'm like that big black lab that's like seventy five pounds that wants to jump on everyone's lap. Just like that lab, sometimes I forget how big I am. So yeah, I run up to you and it's like, whoa, whoa, dude. <laughs> <laughs> look too much of you to be doing that to be that happy you know that kind of thing and it's just like oh yeah i am huge i forget <laughs> you know it's like i am friendly i am nice nice guy so i forget sometimes so that's another thing if you listen to the show and if i do that to you if i've seen you on twitter and i run up to you and it's giant big black guy in a nightmare family yeah i'm really really friendly i promise he is, folks. I can attest. I'm really, really friendly. It's just, I like I said, I just get excited when I see people I know. I just, that's just kind of how I work. It's like, oh, I haven't seen you in like 12 minutes. And then we get the on the show. We get Matt, and he's talking about they're trying to talk him into going to CEO show. And then we get the head honcho of CEO. I don't. Do you remember what his name was? They said it several times on everything elite. It's his gamer tag. Well, he's yeah, gonna, especially I'm not going to remember that. He's he's got beef with Michael Nakazawa, and he asked Matt to come to the show. And he says, "I want to fight Michael Nakazawa." And he's like, "Are you going to hurt Michael Nakazawa?" And he's like, "I'm going to hurt Michael Nakazawa." And he's like, "Are you going to kill Michael Nakazawa?" And he's like, "Whoa." <laughs> I'm not going to kill Michael Nakazawa, which I like. That's a very real reaction, like. I kind of want to hurt you, you know, without, you know, ending your life. But right. Matt has a very, Matt's creepy sound and creepy talk is one of the best, like, period. Like, across anything. You know what I mean? I love yeah. it. It's like, oh, it's, it's, it, it just sounds like he was getting aroused at the, <laughs> at the idea of Michael Nakazawa getting beat up. So he said he's all in. And uh, so he's going to be there. He's going to help him get prepared. June 29th, CEO, AEW versus CEO. Uh, so uh, Michael Nakazawa is going to get in a fight. Good old, yeah, and good that, old fight. Yeah, that was so last year there was a New Japan Pro Wrestling show with CEO that apparently didn't do so hot. Um, Jabaley is his name. Jabaley. No, his name is something else. His his online handle is Jabaley. Well, that's what he's wrestling as is Jabaley. Like I call Kenny Omega Kenny Omega. I don't call him Tyson Kid or well, Tyson Smith. Excuse me. True. I mean, okay. So, what's the know, difference? Yeah, fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. There's something that's so douchey about people that go by their handles. 
like there's this this uh, YouTuber who her handle is Comic Book Girl 19, and she was on an episode. She's been on a few episodes of Collider Heroes, and they literally called her Comic Book Girl 19. I'm like, that is not your fucking name, man. Yeah. Come on, that is. I mean, that again, douche chills. I got him. It. Was, that stuff just. Mm. I was listening. I was listening to the. I was watching this interview from you know C two E two, and they were calling him Mac and Matt and Nick Jackson. That's their stage name. That that's a little different. Yeah, I mean Jabaley's his stage name. I, I understand you make a very reasonable <laughs> uh, argument here. I just it it just it bugs me, yeah. and that's the old fart in me. Yes, yes. Uh, I, I you know I love I love the old fart in you. That's why I have you on the show because you bring a different opinion from me, and it's just sometimes like I said, sometimes I'm a little too sunshine and roses for everybody, and someone I need someone to bring me down, sir. And that's what you and Ryan are for. Well, no one can bring someone down like Ryan can. Oh my God, Ryan <laughs> doesn't like anything. He's not. Yes. And it's so funny. he gets so offended when he's like, apparently I hate everything. I'm like, uh, sir, have you talked to you? Yeah, yeah. So I was like, I love yeah. you, man. You're a great dude, but you, you fucking he, hate he's everything. He's seriously like a 65 year old man. He is. Yeah, like really. I was like, yeah. He, he, you know how they say you were born in the wrong time? Yes, he should have been born like 40 years ago. But, exactly. Yeah, but, that that would have been his prime. He would have been very very happy. No, yes. but I think we've covered everything. Yeah, so here's going to be my hot take for the day. Yeah, I don't like being the elite. I don't get it. I don't find it funny. I don't. I just don't enjoy it. It's fine. I don't hate it, but I I don't understand all the people who have major hard-ons for it. I don't get it. Yeah, I watch it the minute I the minute I can focus on it. Cause like you know, some people watch it right when it comes on. I don't like watching it right when it comes on because generally I'm just either waking up or uh, you know stuff. I I watch it the minute I can focus on what's going on. Uh, I love the show. Don't get me wrong. Uh, more Cody. More more I love the show. Of course. Uh, more Jericho. More I love the show too. Cause I love heel Jericho. Um, but yeah, I love the show. I, I, I don't, I am, you know, it, from the first episode I ever watched, it immediately connected with me, but I can say the first episode I ever watched, I was on. So maybe that why, why it connected with me. So that um, might, and you do, you have a possibly unhealthy love for, for, uh, Cody Rhodes. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So it it's probably has a lot to do with that. Like, seriously, and, anytime he needs an alibi, I don't care what he did. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> he was with me but, the whole time. <laughs> the, my, <laughs> oh, my God. I just murdered someone. Probably deserved it. Floyd, okay, yes, I got I got you. If, you, if got Cody you killed you, you probably deserved it. So there oh you go. God. <laughs> yeah, I, and I can I can in all honesty say the only episodes I've watched of being the elite all the way through are ones I watched in preparation to come on this show. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's maybe it's something you had to be there from the beginning to really get. And you know what? It, I wish there was this place where you could start at episode one and watch them all the way through. There is. Do it. Yeah, but you I, love I the binge watch. You are binge watching champion I, I, of the world. I, I, you know, I'm not anymore. I don't binge watch. Uh, the Umbrella Academy came out in Netflix. 
I did not watch that in one sitting. I watched one episode a night. Oh, and you know what? I have not watched it yet. I'm waiting on all the shows from the fall to end, but which they're they're all ending pretty soon. And then I'm gonna watch it. So, but yeah, I've heard how brilliant that show is. Oh, it's tremendous. I yeah, it was so good, so good. And now I'm eagerly awaiting the second season of uh, Sabrina. Yeah. So can't wait for that. Uh, I, yeah. That's why I don't binge watch because. I want to knock them out so quick, and then it's a year before I can watch the next episode. Exactly. Plus, I get that that what do they call it? show hole feeling. Yeah. If I been, if I like watch something and I like get to the point where I just have to watch it over and over and over, once it's done, I'm like, well, what am I going to do now? And uh, it's sad, and I don't like that. Did you ever watch Supernatural? Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I'm, I'm. I shed a tear. Fifteen years going out strong. Yeah. It uh, and Arrow are ending next season. Man. Yeah. So much handsome leaving my TV. Stephen Amell, man. Uh, like, it, it, and let me tell you, first time I ever watched a show just because a guy was so attractive. <laughs> like, I had no intention of watching Arrow. I turned, I turned, I was turning through, and he was doing the thing with you know i don't know what they're called but where he was taking a pole and jumping up and his abs were out and i was like i'm gonna give this show a try (laughs) see he had been a like he was on an episode or maybe two of the vampire diaries so when that was announced and they said he was playing oliver queen i was like oh okay that's kind of cool and i remember at the time um my good friend steve was like I just wish they would have have Justin Hartley do it. I was like, well, then it would have to be a Smallville spinoff, and I don't think they want to do that. And Justin Hartley, again, another amazingly handsome man. Uh, I think he's actually gotten better looking as he's aged, which he's, I don't know. How. Yeah, he's on This Is Us, which he's another so show I watch. <laughs> he's going to be in that movie with uh, Diane from Blackish. Oh yeah, where he plays the teacher. Yes, it's called like, what's it called Little. Yeah, something yeah. like that looks great. I love her. Yeah, she is hilarious. Yeah. Oh my god, that's yeah. going to be great. This but has they, nothing to do with the. Elite, yeah, so. I was going to say we're just kind of wrapping up here, and it's funny because we're getting a lot of movies where they're doing the black version of white movies, which is kind of funny. So, uh, like I saw, uh, you know, there was uh, what women want back in the day with Mel Gibson, and then they did what men want with Taraji P Henson. So it was, you know, the black woman version of it. Well, they did, you know, then there was Big, which, you know, white Tom Hanks, the white version. Now they're doing Little, which is kind of the black version. Oh, wow. I didn't put two and two together like that because it. Oh, yeah. That's great. (laughs) Mind blown. Mind is blown. Yeah. So it's kind of like, yes. It's kind of the same movie, but just the African-American take on it, which is awesome. Good, because we need more representation of people. We need more black folk on the big screen. We need more Asian folk on the big screen. We need more Native Americans. We need all of it. As long as it's good, and as long as you accept, if you put, no matter what it is, if it sucks, I'm going to say it sucks. I'm not going to care about the color. Exactly. (laughs) <laughs> like I was like, if it's not good, it's not good. 
Equal but, uh, opportunity critics. Yeah, equal opportunity critics. So, oh, so that looks like that's our episode for this week. We have kept you a little too long. Next week, you'll honestly, it'll be mostly me talking about what I'm going to do on WrestleMania week and BTE. Hopefully, I'll have someone on with me because that's the show's always better than me just rambling. But Dave, thank you for taking time out of your busy, busy life to help me out by talking about all things elite i appreciate you make sure you check out all the shows on the social suplex podcast network you should be subscribed they should be downloading to your phone uh but on friday we got nxt then now and forever on saturday you have this show all things elite on sunday one nation radio on monday uh a monday uh, it's to like to the first. It's Omega Luke podcast Tuesday. It is keeping it strong style. Wednesday every other week. It's grown men watch this shit. And that's uh, a great name. Grown men watch this shit, which is independent <laughs> wrestling. And on Thursday we have the Ricky and Clive show. I did that from the top of my head. I listened to so many shows on the Social Suplex Network that I just. The, like I listen to so many of my brethren on the network that it's uh, that it's ingrained in me. Now let me tell you, uh, definitely I like to put over one of our shows every week. This week it's One Nation Radio. It's absolutely on Sunday nights. Uh, James and Rich. It's absolutely hilarious. They have the one of the best intros of any uh, podcast out there. I, I put it up against anyone else. Uh, Rich is amazing, and they're funny and they take different takes on things like a lot of times i don't agree with them but they present it in such a hilarious way it doesn't matter that i don't agree with them there you go that that's awesome so all right go check that out people yeah sunday nights one nation radio uh on the social suplex podcast network so for dave with his silky smooth voice i always put over his voice because it's like i i was like i just wish i had his voice period you know, just I because I, I talk a lot, so I would love an amazing voice like Dave's. Uh, so that is definitely that. But you know, I have mine, which you know, I don't. I like your voice, sir. Do you? Do you? I just, like I said, I don't know. When I hear me, it is very grating to me, and I don't. I don't know. I don't like my voice, but I can't shut up. So that is the one of the the things. That sounds like a personal problem. Yes, too. yeah, it's a gift and a curse, man. I, I can talk a lot, but I hate my voice, so that's weird. So, um, but to all of you, no matter what you're doing, uh, we're looking forward to this weekend. We got some March Madness going on, some movies. We're going to count down to Shazam and Avengers, uh, Avengers in Infinity Wars in game. Uh, we're going to count down to all those things. But no matter what you do, whether it's watching TV, whether it's out grocery shopping, no matter what you do. Remember, you should always do your best to be
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.